remember I used to record these? Well, I'm doing it now. Uh, it's the intro where I talk to you about all the plugs, because I don't think we did it when we recorded the actual episode. So, uh, send us emails, go to chairshoppodcast.com, uh, scroll down on the homepage and there should be a little email button uh, where you can send your email there. You don't even need to remember an email address or nothing, just click a button and we'll, we'll get it. Um, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash chairshotpodcast. Follow us on Twitter at chairshotpod. You can also follow me at PaulGriffinCSP, uh, Barry at the Barry Lad, and Joe at Griftown. Um, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes. So if you listen to us on those places and they have any kind of review or rating system, please leave a rating, please leave a review. It would be very nice and very useful to us. Uh, retweet our shit, like our shit, share it with your friends. Mention us over dinner with your parents. Copy our jokes, but give us credit for them. All the good stuff. Um, am I forgetting anything? We do have a YouTube channel, but I don't have time to update that anymore. YouTube.com slash podcast if you want to look at some old clips from episodes. Uh, I'm going to try and start putting up the older episodes with a little bit more regularity now because i have about a hundred on my hard drive that are just sitting there from the old you know vintage csp days from like 2010 and 2011 Uh, i will warn you though the audio quality of those podcasts are extremely bad so therefore hardcores only um so yeah enjoy the show and uh i'll see you next week bye Another Sunday, another edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. We're back again to all the goings on in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, as if uh, we're going to talk about you know our lives and all that, things we've watched and done, the life we lead, and then maybe at the end we'll do a little bit of the wrestle. But as always, I'm your host Barry Murphy, joined as always by my irrepressible co-host. First of all, Mr. Joe Town. Hi there, Barry. Joe, you, you made it back in one piece from your holiday. I'm you weren't back. swept away. So, sorry I couldn't uh, make it last week, but my cat was shedding. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, uh, glad to have you back, as always. Um, uh, and also joining us, of course, is the um, uh, the producer, Mr. Paul Griffin. I'm shedding as well. You're shedding. Uh. <laughs> I'm shedding the age of 28, and now I'm 29. Well done. Thanks very much. Almost old enough to make it on NXT. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite once, once you hit the big three six, you'll get the po- you'll get the call from Paul. I get the call and the photo. You get the mark. You get the Mark Pig, yeah, you get to do the two suite. Or if you want, you can just do the Do you think Triple H has to buy a t-shirt before he gets to take that picture? <laughs> uh, 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 15 quid.
Thanks. Javenton, uh, you want me to sign? No, just a picture. All right, great. Yeah. <laughs> well, he can spare it. You know, he can spare it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so happy birthday, Paul. Thank you very much. Uh, the slow march towards death continues. Mm-hmm. We're all very excited about it. Um, did you get up to much for the old uh, the old bash? Um, what do we do? Uh, well, I I did start celebrating the birthday at midnight on Friday, so I was opening presents. Um, got uh, two N sixty four games because you guys know I have my my Super Nintendo N sixty four and all that set up again. So I got F Zero X. And Diddy Kong Racing on the N64. Nice. Got a, a one of those big Funkos. Got the uh, uh, Armor Titan from Attack on Titan. How how big are these fun big Funkos? Uh, well, you know a regular one. I do. Yeah. I'd say it's probably what is it one and a half times the size? Something like that. Mm. they do bring out this. You know, whenever you have. A character like in Game of Thrones, you know the way they have that one giant lad from last year. Yeah, right. if they were to make a Funko right. of him, they can't make him the same size as you know Jon Snow or whatever. He got, got the that'd be silly. That'd big, be silly. big Funko. So I got the the Armor Titan, which is my my favorite Titan from Attack on Titan, based on Brock Lesnar. So it's kind of Brock Lesnar looking. Um, and I got the new black United jersey. Didn't do us a lot of luck. Oh. Um, but really nice jersey anyway. And we, what did we do? Woke up. Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) so what's the good news on your birthday? Looked, looked at your picture to start my day. (laughs) Um, (laughs) we, yeah, we watched the, the early kickoff was City against Liverpool. That was a nice little birthday present. What? Liverpool lost five nil. Got a player sent off. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, didn't watch the Arsenal Bournemouth game. Actually went for a nap instead. Uh, got up in time for the United game, and then we went out for dinner, for steaks, out to a a gastro pub in Lucan. That was very nice. Uh, we arrived at the pub, by the way, super busy. Um, probably should have booked in advance, but I was I was reliably told by my mother that we wouldn't have to. So I was like, all right, I trust you. Um, show up, super busy. The little manager, I guess, of the place comes over and we say, table for two for food. And he goes, yeah, you might be half an hour waiting. So if you want to go get a drink or something, we say, yeah, we just go get drinks. So, of course, when I say go get drinks, what I actually mean is stand awkwardly by the bar and eye the manager until (laughs) he gives us a table. Um... And we, the birthday magic was was at work because we were only waiting about ten minutes. That's good. And a table opened up and we were sat down. And the food was really good, really nice um, sirloin steak on the stone. That was really good. And uh, and then today we just kind of since we since we there was everything was planned for yesterday. Go for dinner, watch the football. Uh, then there was UFC last night as well, which was a little shite. Um, Weird, how you No, no, you're completely right. It was not good, and in fairness, UFC has not been good this year. I would say um, today was just kind of relaxing. So we watched a movie today, 
Played some video games. Generally took it easy. But it's been, been a good birthday. Enjoyed it. Got a lot of nice and you stuff. Got a little, you got a little Snapchat. I got a little Snapchat from one, one of my best friends. And not from the other of my best friends, which is weird. Uh, but we won't dwell on that. We'll dwell on the positives. And that is that Joe sent me a lovely Snapchat of his face <laughs> with uh, comically, you know, big glasses on. Yeah. Happy birthday, Paul May, I think it said. And I, I replied yeah. with a picture of me with the same. I tried to yeah, you know, do the same back. Thanks, yeah. Joe. Yeah. And I sat by the phone waiting for Barry Stark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know it was your birthday, did I? Oh, that's. Ooh. That's that was! Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. Hang on, hang on listeners. I'm going to send Paul a little. Started off on here. Paul, I'm gonna, listeners, I'm going to send Paul a little uh, birthday Snapchat right now. Okay, <laughs> where's my phone? Let me see what this is going to be. Hey Paul, it's your friend Barry here. I just wanted to say happy birthday to you. Uh, Twenty nine is the big one. Next year's the big one. Am I right? <laughs> God bless me. Cheers. All right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a little funny voice filter for him. Okay, okay. So Love so that so he loves those. Those are his favorite thing. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's in there. Yeah. Um, the internet so that's good uh technology i mean it's great it really is great you can send a little snapchat on, on your friend's birthday so he knows you care about him oh, I just, um, wait a second i just got a little video oh what's this let me see what this is ding dong ding dong <laughs> who's that knocking on my door was that whole swoggle <laughs> You've told me lucky charms. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's that's actually a very racist leprechaun filter they have on, on Snapchat. Uh, not not quite as racist as that Bob Marley one they had that one time. Oh, but but, um, but yeah, no, happy birthday, Paul. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I didn't know. Right? You know, the only the only birthdays I know off the top of my head are Joe's, my friend, my girlfriend's, and my mom's. I don't know Joe. I don't know Joe's birthday off the top of my head. 12th of July, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. Listen, I, I, <laughs> I, I sent I Joe a birthday message when I see loads of other people sending him one. Ah, that's the truth. That's how you I'll be honest. It. I, yeah. I don't have it written down anywhere. I don't, I don't, I actually, I don't even, I think my roommate's birthday is soon. I don't know when that is. Um, I better figure that out. I only, I only remember birthdays because I get a notification either on the bottom of the forum, on Facebook, or from LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, I know anyone's birthday. That's the one thing about LinkedIn, by the way, is um, I don't even know if I still have a LinkedIn. Well, on LinkedIn, I'm a lot, I'm a lot more open to just accepting, you know, requests from whoever people I don't know. And I got a lot of birthday wishes from strangers yesterday, so I don't really know how to react to that. Happy birthday, Paul, from some lad from I don't know Spain or something. Oh, cheers. Anyway, good birthday. Enjoyed it. It's over now, of course. I'm now 29. Um, 364 days till the next one. Who's next, Dez? Your Whose birthday is first in the year between? You're July, Barry, right? Yeah. 
No, I, I'm June. I think I'm next. So oh, yeah. the countdown begins and all that. Okay, okay. No birthdays. No birthdays in the the near future then. So what are you guys? Since, since I was on birthday duty, what were you guys up to? Uh, well, last week I wasn't here because I was at my boss's wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't under duress, as you I know you discussed last week at the beginning of the show. I did actually want to go. Um, my team were quite you know good friends and that, so my whole team went to the to the wedding. Mm-hmm. As but then a couple of other people, so that was that was a lot of fun. Were there were um, there any unexpected like swerves like there would be an arresting wedding? Um. I don't think so. No, not really. I mean, it, his his wife is Indian, so they kind of had like a almost like a fusion wedding. They had a lot of Bangra dancing, okay. along with your usual, you know, buffet and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, only thing was, it was quite a bit far away, so it was about nine, ninety minutes to to two hour trip on a Sunday night. Oh, um, it wasn't too bad. Um, but then we got a few of us got the train back into London, and there was a couple of right scummy people on the train. And this one fellow um, was like assaulting his girlfriend, or what he claimed was his girlfriend. And like, a couple of people we've started to get involved. Then we called the, the transport police, and they showed up at the next station. It was all very dramatic, uh, dramatic into the evening. Mm. Uh, yeah, apart from that, it was good. Well, it did rain, but yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I danced quite a bit. Uh, I'm sure, colleagues loved. Uh, yeah, that was it. When you say it was a fusion wedding, yeah, what kind of what, what does that entail exactly? I mean, just they had a bit of Indian stuff. So well, it's sponsored sponsored by an energy drink. <laughs> why is your Why is your boss then? He's uh, English, just you know. Just Typical white person, Protestant, <laughs> Church England, the usual. Uh, yeah, I think he might be Jewish. Normal actually. is what he means. He's normal. Yeah, he's a, he's a big um, atheist. So it wasn't like a religious wedding at all. It was oh, just okay. Like a, it was a it was a humanist wedding, I think actually. But then they um, had all the the dancing and stuff and that as well. So it's a lot of fun. I, I, the wedding I went to in May was a humanist wedding. What does that mean exactly? A humanist wedding. It's basically like some. It's basically like atheists wanted to come up with something that's like faux religious, so that your nan doesn't give out too much about the wedding you've put on. Okay. So they have they have a person there who's like a vicar, and they read some kind of very spiritual, very. You know, it's basically just about being a good person and stuff like that. But, it, it, but, but the pomp and ceremony that you would typically associate with a Protestant or Catholic wedding is very, very, very similar. They just open with a speech about, oh, you know, this isn't about any uh, gods or supernatural beings of any variety. And then they proceed to have a what is still in, in some ways a very traditional wedding. They just make sure to clarify it's not in the name of any particular god. All right, all right. It's uh, it's it's you know it's it's for us modern folk who maybe don't believe in in certain religions, but also don't 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 want to not have what we traditionally accept as a wedding. Kind of like the wedding equivalent of vaping, like it's a one step removed <laughs> from cigarettes, but you know, kind of very different. You're still you're still blowing <laughs> smoke in someone's face. 
Yeah, you can still annoy people with that, but you're not, you know, blowing nicotine directly into their lungs. So. That's something I've often kind of wondered myself is, because I've not mm. been to many weddings. I was at one a couple of years ago, which was very much just a, a matter of fact, 15 minutes in and out. Right, you're married now, off you go. Bit like the honeymoon, am I right? Um, and i've often wondered myself how to if i'm ever to get married how how that would kind of play out whether it would be a the old church deal because to tell the truth in ireland uh, there's definitely a um a pressure from society to do the whole catholic gimmick um although it's uh, hopefully it's fading out and hopefully will be faded out by the time that would maybe come to affect me but for example a lot of the national schools here in Ireland are for all intents and purposes run by the church you have uh, all all the, the, the schools are like saint this and that school saint this and that school um and again yes there is a pressure on you to have your kid baptized and so on and so forth so I don't know how I would go about that because obviously when you're doing those kind of ceremonies that the traditional catholic or whatever way they do they do like to shove in the old right we're here for the wedding but we'll have the old um what's it called where they they do the whole um <laughs> do you accept jesus as your savior do you not like the no. de- not like the devil and all that <laughs> um, rip off a t-shirt with like <laughs> satan on it <laughs> Hit the vicar with, or the, not the vicar, the priest with a steel chair. Um, so I don't know, because I, one thing I see a lot here is people who I know personally who aren't very religious, who have children, are still doing the whole baptism thing. And well, yeah. It definitely seems more like just a, a, a traditional thing rather than a religious deal. But even, like, for me, I think I'd be very awkward about setting that up and, and doing that so maybe I'll go for a humanist baptism <laughs> and a humanist communion <laughs> where they just give out wafers at the end of it but that's yeah, starting to go this is not about gods this is just an ice cream wafer that's what it is I might do a Game of Thrones wedding just do it in front of a weirwood tree um, and where you wrap the, wrap yeah. a, a fabric yeah wrap the hands, hands up that. and then yeah, yeah. Mother, Smith, Crone, and all the rest of them, you know, so on and so forth. Very good. I might do uh, some, like, Star Wars wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are always good. Or getting the Daily Mail or something. <laughs> or on Twitter. <laughs> so people can laugh at you. Oh, look, he's dressed as Dengar, and he's marrying Ponda Babu. Uh, Jango Fett is the minister <laughs> and he's got no head because that's what happened in the movies yeah. what about you Barry <laughs> what kind of wedding are you going for uh, <laughs> shotgun high five I'll probably be one of those extremely cool individuals who has a wrestling wedding um, 
complete complete with entrances and that at the reception that all our relatives don't get because they're not losers. Um, and proposing I at, you were uh, say they don't get entrances because they're not stars. <laughs> <laughs> they're no, not they're uh, they're announced as already in the reception hall. Um, no. I I get the entrance and I get the good music and I I come Bye-bye. out with the sledgehammer. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a shotgun wedding; it's a sledgehammer wedding. Um, uh, yeah, and then when when uh, when the instead of saying you may kiss the bride, I actually pedigree her. Um, <laughs> so that's that's my wedding. Uh. So any other life go before we move on? No, no, uh, I think that's mostly it. Alrighty. No, no emails this week. By the way, I know Paul doesn't have any. I don't have any. Joe, do you have any? Uh, I don't have any. All right, skip that. That's good. That feature is dead. Uh, dead is the juju. I'll just shut, uh, I'll shut down the email system. We won't take any more emails. Well. Sa- sa- save yourself a few, Bob, there. Uh, uh, you know. um, well, I'll set up a few uh, PO boxes, then. We'll do letters. <gasps> now, that would be a great idea, by which I mean terrible. Um <laughs> I mean, people people still, as if, you know, they can't bother sending anything as is, but, like, the weirdos who would send us stuff, oh, God. I, ju- I just get a, a hand in an envelope. So, um, uh, we can jump in, I guess, to some guffs. Uh, why don't we start with a bit of movie guff, because I don't think we have too much of that. Mm. Who's, see- well, who's seen something this week? We've all seen movies this week, Barry. Um, but I think you probably have the blockbuster one, so why don't you begin? I'll start, yeah. So um, I saw um, I saw the new iteration of It. The new It-eration. Of what? Of, Steve, uh. of Stephen King's classic It. His classic what? Uh, 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 Here's... This is this is definitely a new joke that's never been done. I can't wait for um, the half in the bag review where they do that joke for an hour. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and they, or they'll say that, and by that, do you mean it? You know, they'll do something like that. By which I mean it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I saw it. The movie two, twenty in parentheses twenty seventeen. I saw it parentheses twenty seventeen. Uh, which is, uh, uh, I know I have only seen like part one of the 1990s miniseries. Uh, I liked it, but I didn't, I did not feel compelled to revisit it. Um, and I did not watch the second half. So I was going into this knowing what, what the, the premise was, but not really having any idea how it wrapped up or anything like that. Um, uh, this was like the most surprisingly great film I've seen all year. It was maybe the best horror film of the year, although there is tough competition because this was also Get the year Get, Get Out came. I mean, and that's tough. And that's tough. And that's and that's an original thing. And this is more like um, they do enough original stuff to differentiate themselves, which is really great. But it is also very very similar to the um, the 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 previous one. So basically, it's about a cast of kids. It's very... This whole film is very, very Stranger Things, including one of the main characters being the main character from Stranger Things. Uh, the actor, that is to say. Uh, in that it's basically a bunch of... Uh, a team of, like, five or six uh, kids in the 1980s 
trying to figure out the mystery surrounding a monster that's that's uh, uh, kidnapping children, uh, and that's that's you know, the entirety of what's going on. And so, um, uh, there, a lot of the film is their kind of escapades and adventures. They're like investigating it, trying to figure out, uh, uh, you know, uh, what it what it is. How do they stop it? Um, uh, they have various encounters with it and, and try and get away from them. It is very, very Stranger Things, especially in how much kind of humor there is in it. Like, this is a funnier film than I was I was expecting. And uh, everything got a laugh. The theater I was in was absolutely packed. Uh, everything got a laugh. The, the, the child actors were like Stranger Things. They were above and beyond the usual low standards you would you would you would have for uh, for them. Uh, really, really great. Very, very scary um, you know, a little bit jumpy. There were some jumps here or there, but they didn't feel super cheap. And and in general, it's very very creepy. A very uh, a very unsettling film. Tons of creative, very creative visual effects, um, CGI, and I think there was some practical in there as well. Everything looked great. Everything looked very very creepy. Um, this this was genuinely one of my favorite films of the year. I really really loved it. Um, and also in in a, in a kind of a refreshing. Uh, a thing from the original. Uh, this is this is kind of a standalone thing. I think it's kind of common knowledge at this point. I I knew this going into the the film, but they, they end the end credits. You know, it just comes up it, and then they fade in chapter one. So they are going to do they are going to do another one. But if you just watch the film beginning to end, um, it, it's perfectly. It's it's not like it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. It doesn't end on a oh we're going to have to come back and do this again. It doesn't end on anything like that. Only for the fact that they literally explicitly say as such during the credits. Um, so that's that's great. So so you know it, you you could you could just watch this without feeling like you need to see anything else. But um, uh, I w- I think both you lads would definitely like it. Um, it it's parts of it are um. Uh, a little, a little cabin in the woodsy. In some ways, I feel like it was kind of um, uh, uh, subverting a few things here and there, kind of taking some, you know, sideways glances at the genre. But um, yeah, it's really, really tremendous. Um, uh, and as I said, probably the surprise of the year. I don't know if there's a film I'll see this year. I'll probably see. I might see a better film, but I don't know if there's a film that will catch me off guard the way this one did. Um, yeah, really great. Surprising. It's done huge business, like a hundred million dollars opening weekend. Um, reviews have been really good. Kind of makes me want to see it, even though it looks a little bit spooky for me. Um, I don't know if I'll go and see it at the cinema. I'll just wait for next year to catch it. But yeah, I'm definitely interested in seeing it now. I've never seen any of the miniseries because uh, that always looked too scary as well. Um, yeah, I might. I don't know. Maybe I'll check that out or wait for the film. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 well worth seeing. I mean, it's one of those things that I think horror fans will love it, but it's it's so it's like so well made. And I'm like, even if you just mm. just a good film, it's a good watch. So yeah, I, I hope you guys get a, get a chance to check it out. Um, uh, yeah. So that, and that's my uh, that's my one film of of this week. So you guys are are good to go. Um, I, I didn't watch really anything new. Well, who else knew? I watched a couple of Tom Tom Hanks movies. Um, you must be coming, coming to the end now. Oh yeah, I've got two left. I mean, um, you're, you're already you're already into the into like the cameo realm, right? I mean, you're you, that's where you are now. Yeah, but I've been I've been saving a couple of the bigger ones for the end. Um, mm. So all I've got left is the Terminal and Terminal was quite, quite good. 
And Kev, yeah. if you can, is even better. Two, two solid ones for, for next yeah. weekend, I think. Finish mm-hmm. off. Uh, but yeah, this weekend I watched uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which is a kind of 9-11 movie. It's about a kid who loses his dad, who's Tom Hanks, uh, in 9-11. And then he goes on a kind of treasure hunt based on a key that his dad left behind. It's quite annoying. Uh, the child does uh, kind of narration throughout and it's really jarring and I honestly, it was a bit of a sh- struggle getting through it to be honest, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend that one. Mm. Um, the other one I watched was Inferno, which is the third in the Dan Brown uh, Tom Hanks trilogy. Um, so doc- Dr. Robert Langdon was back in yet another wacky uh, historical adventure, this time in Florence uh, with Felicity Jones off of the Star Wars and that. Yeah. Um, it was similar to the other ones, possibly even more stupid. Um, <laughs> and you kind of, if you've seen any of them or even read the books, you know what the drill is. He runs around solving clues related to kind of arcane historic uh, literature and art and culture and stuff. And for some reason, someone wants to kill the, someone and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The police are after him. Uh, yeah, so it was silly, but I do I do kind of like that kind of schlock, so I'd, I'd still give it a kind of thumbs in the middle, even though it was stupid bonkers nonsense. Um, so yeah, so I got one, one decent movie, one not so good. Um, I also tried to watch Independence Day Resurgence, but I kind of gave up after about 10 minutes, because it was just such a load of shit. And um, I couldn't be bothered wasting two and a half hours watching that tripe. Um, so I probably will never watch that. Well, I'm a big, big fan, big fan of the original, which I've seen about twenty-five times. It's so. me movies for the week, mixed, mixed bag. And I've just seen the one. Um, I watched The Descendants, which is um, a movie made by Alexander Payne, who is the writer and director of a film that I love very much called Nebraska. Mm. This, this was the movie he made before Nebraska. And he actually won an Oscar for um, the adapted screenplay, which he wrote along with Jim Rash from Community. Um, uh, so I was kind of going in already with very lofty expectations, and it does star some people who I'm not huge fans of. George Clooney is in it, for example. Uh, Shailene Woodley is in it. Um, and to be fair, they're both very good. Um I think everybody's in the movie is really good. It's it's super well written. I think Alexander Payne just writes movies that are perfectly what I'm into. It's like perfectly to my taste. Um, they're kind of not quirky. Quirky is not the right word, but kind of you know easygoing comedy dramas um, that do have a kind of whimsy to them and and a kind of a. Uh, a rural American maybe feel. This one's set in Hawaii. Um, so it has a really cool kind of Hawaiian feel to it. And that definitely mm. makes it stand out from other films of, of the same kind. Um, George Clooney basically plays a man whose wife has been in a, a boating accident and who's in a coma. And he's now responsible for the two daughters that he's not estranged from, but he's definitely not, not as close to. And... Uh, 
on the side of that, he's in charge of this trust who who uh, are responsible for a big 25 acres of Hawaiian land, which is currently mm. being sold, and he's in charge of that. And you have these kind of two plots that side by side go along until they kind of converge later in the movie. Um, whereas Nebraska, I, what I liked a lot about Nebraska is Nebraska was very funny at times and, and was a, kind of a, a road movie in a way, but was also very sad at some times. And it, it was, it was in, shown in black and white, which kind of added to it. It had a great score to it. Uh, the Descendants is not quite as good. Um, kind of in all of those aspects, I didn't feel like it was as good. The, the music wasn't kind of as... Not iconic, but didn't kind of stick in my head as, as, as much. It wasn't quite as nicely shot. Um, Bruce Dern and Will Fort in uh, Nebraska much better for me than George Clooney but that being said I think it kind of definitely stands quite tall on its own two feet um, I would nearly rather have watched this one before Nebraska because I think I would have enjoyed it more because obviously the comparisons mm. then to Nebraska are there but it's just super super good um, uh, the the this guy has another movie out now, or he's coming out soon, called Downsized, which I'm very much looking forward to seeing. And there's also one movie that he's made in the past, which I haven't seen, called Sideways, with Paul Giamatti, which I also have to see. Um, nice. But I definitely, I definitely really like this director, and I really like his style. Kind of, what I would say, maybe a more conventional kind of Wes Anderson in tone. So I really like Wes Anderson movies. So although these ones don't look like those movies, or, or qu aren't quite as bonkers as those movies that same kind of whimsy tone so i gave i gave it a nine out of ten which is super high especially given how i just said it wasn't as good as nebraska but then i gave nebraska a 10 so well yeah yeah you love nebraska so uh, nebraska is one of my favorite movies ever so this one not quite as good as that but uh really good in, in its own way as well nice i've also seen that it's yeah it's decent i like Clooney. it's it's probably my no, one of my favorite Clooney performances, in fairness, because I yeah I I quite find that he just he just is he George did, Clooney a lot. Of the he time. doesn't play the kind of smoothie, you know. No, he doesn't in this one. That's silverhead smoothie. Good yeah. about it. Yeah, he's um even Shailene Woodley was really good in it, and I only know her really for being in the Divergent movies, so I didn't mm. really expect a, a really good performance, but she was great. And also the little girl, I don't know what that actress's name is. She's really good as well. Uh, yeah. So they're all the movies. Movies. A uh, bit of Game Guff? Game Guff. Lots, yeah. lots of Game Guff this Ooh, week. So many games. Um, since I was posted a few weeks ago that I'd set up my Super Nintendo, N64, and so on, I got in the post uh, last week or the week before a couple more N64 controllers, a couple of new GameCube controllers that they right. you can get on Amazon for like 10 euro. Yeah. So very cheap. Um, and I was going through a few old Nintendo 64 games. Because Super Nintendo, I feel like, holds up better. That kind of 16-bit era games. Still looks very nice today, whereas N64 games don't look quite so nice. But also, the N64, for whatever reason, was kind of less fresh in my mind. So, I was playing um, a bit of WWF WrestleMania 2000. Yes. Oh boy. A bit of WWF No Mercy. And what was funny was, the best thing about these old consoles, right, is the save game is saved to the cartridge, not to the console. Mm. 
Yes. So I put I pop in WrestleMania 2000 for the first time in what has to be 13 years, something like that. And all my like created wrestler edit data is still there. So yep. I'm watching, you know, the little intro video uh, that has it when you t- boot the game first. It plays this little like uh, obviously the No Mercy one is really well known. Um, uh, but all my like characters look more updated than they were when the game originally came out. So Kane is just a bald man with no just the the tights. Um, and the funniest thing I came across, I was just looking through all of the different characters in the game and I came to Taz and Taz, and I don't know when I did this again, 13 years ago, something like that. Taz's body size was turned up to the maximum (laughs) and he just had an orange shirt on and slacks. So maybe I I was ahead of my time there because Taz, I don't think Taz in 2003 or whenever I kind of last did this was quite that big like he is now but i knew he was gonna turn out that way um so i was playing those games super fun still play really well um one thing i was kind of afraid about would be like the n64 controller discounting for nostalgia is you know one of the worst controllers probably there's ever been um <laughs> yeah but actually playing these games back it it felt right, you know. I did I didn't feel like while I was playing at any point that I I wished that I was playing with a different controller or anything like that. It all it all kind of worked. Um, yeah, they, like it, it's a weird controller, but then this is also true of the GameCube. Is that people made games specifically with that thing in mind? Like like the the Aki games were only ever on. Um, uh, sixty four. Uh, sixty four, and the the PlayStation ones then were were for Def Jam were so different they don't even really count um, yeah I mean they they uh, they maximized what they had you know I suppose is the best way to say it yeah we are playing a bit of Goldeneye as well just um, we were playing three player deathmatch uh, that game is unplayable unfortunately um, just a just control scheme alone um, I was playing around with a few different uh, options in terms of the controls, but none of them feel good. And I don't know how you can kind of play dual stick and then go back to single stick. It just it's too far a step back to kind of make sense in my brain. Because of course, yeah, in Goldeneye is, is is that's it's such a that's such a, an evolution. Like that's probably the last legitimately great evolution. Because uh, you're you're in, in Goldeneye, you're using the same stick to move as to turn. And it just doesn't make any sense. So I was constantly trying to... When, even when I was just trying to walk in a straight line, my natural inclination is to use the the thumbstick to... And maybe not a straight line is not the right word, but to move forward and kind of dart around is to kind of hold the thumbstick up and then maybe slightly deviate. But when you slightly deviate, you start turning into like a wall. <laughs> I, I couldn't move around the levels. I was just too hard to play. Which is a, a real shame because that game is really good. Um, now the the way I would recommend if somebody does want to play Goldeneye is get your hands on a an Xbox three sixty wired controller and get yeah. get an emulation on a, of your uh, on your PC because at least that way you can c- completely configure the controls and play it dual stick. Um, and obviously I said for my birthday I got as well F-Zero X, which I was playing. Super fun as well. 
Uh, I haven't given Diddy Kong Racing a crack, but uh, did you say did you say you hadn't played F Zero X when we talked about this last last time? Did you say you hadn't played that before? No, I've 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 played it before. Um, oh, I saw I ne- someone recently who hadn't played that. I never owned it. Um, I I had F Zero GX on the GameCube, but I still have that. Um, uh, I don't have F Zero, the original one on the Super Nintendo, but I have now F Zero X. Funny story about F Zero X, by the way. There was one time I was in. I feel like it was Spain or something, maybe Portugal. And we we're in a supermarket, and they had video games in in these kind of glass security cases the way you'd expect if you went into like a walmart or something that they would have it like that and um and we bought f i bought f0 in one of these stores and it was like a multi-language edition so it had english and um we bought the game but they didn't take it out of the uh the case and we got home and got because i was like whatever nine or something so i didn't know this and I, I'm trying to take it out of the security case. Obviously, I can't open it. So, we're like getting knives at it and, and so on and so forth. And in the end, um, we couldn't get it open. So, we took it back to the shop. Obviously, now realizing that they should have opened it for us. Uh, but I don't remember exactly the circumstances. But there was some problem where they said, oh, no, no. This was just a, a display box. We, do, we actually don't have it in stock or something. Uh, whatever the circumstances was, I ended up actually not getting the game until yesterday. So that was, uh, whatever, 17, 18 years in the making, I finally got F-Zero-X. <laughs> um, so, I've been playing a lot of N64 games this week. Uh, hell of a console, really doesn't hold up visually though, but the games are still really fun to play, especially the ones that do hold up. Goldeneye, yeah. I would not recommend people play. The, the I- WF games, super good, F-Zero-X, super good. And I think I think it is just the stick thing that holds back Goldeneye, though, because I know people liked. Uh, well, I think they did, if I recall correctly, the Xbox remaster of Perfect Dark, um, well, which obviously yeah, uses uses both the sticks. So yeah. there's a, um, and I think that's backwards compatible as well. So if you Xbox One owners, I think you can play the 360 version of Perfect Dark. Obviously, that you know they could not, not Perfect Goldeneye Dark Zero, game. by the way. No, 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 no. The 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 original game ported to the 360 yeah. uh, with with dual st- uh, you know dual stick support. Um, no, Perfect X Zero is another beast. Yeah. Speaking of, by the way, N64. I started playing a new game yesterday, mm. which is the spiritual sequel to a, one of my favorite N64 games, Banjo Kazooie, and Banjo Tooie, which yeah. is Ukulele. Yes. So there was a lot of talk about ukulele um, in the lead up to it coming out. Obviously, it was crowdfunded. Um, was it on Kickstarter? Or was it on another platform? I can't remember. No, no, that was. Uh, oh no, actually, I uh, no, I think it was. I think it was Kickstarter. Yeah, I think it was Kickstarter. I don't remember. But anyway, once they announced that that was happening, I was very big. Um, excuse me. Very big on the idea of um, of getting it because I was a bit, obviously a big Banjo Kazooie fan. The same people who were involved not only in making the game but the, the the score of the game, the soundtrack, and so on were also being involved in this. And so I was super super excited about it. And then it came out, and the reviews were quite poor to mediocre. 
Like a lot of sixes, a lot of fives, there thereabouts. Um, which kind of, of course, dampened my, my expectations for it. But I saw, whatever it was, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that it was on sale on the PSN for like 30 euro. So, you know, for 30 euro, I'll, I'll give it a crack, okay? I'm not paying 60 euro for it, which I don't think was any, 60 euro anyway. But 30 euro is fine. So I start, I finally started playing yesterday, just purely because I sat down and I wasn't really, for whatever reason, in the mood to play Horizon, which is kind of my main game right now. Your, your big game. My yeah. big game, which I'm going to talk about that in a second. I'm about six hours into Horizon. Uh, really enjoying it, of course. But I kind of, for whatever reason, I just wasn't in the mood to, because I think it might have been before we went out for our dinner. So I only, I only had half an hour to sit down. I didn't want to just sit down and, and run across the world in Horizon and get nothing done. So I said, yeah. I'll play ukulele for a little while, because I was in that mood for whatever reason. And um, and I've been playing the PlayStation for about four or five hours over the last two days. All of it ukulele, none of it Horizon. <laughs> because despite the bad reviews, Barry, I really like ukulele. I, some some people did like it. Some people yeah, did I, like it. I'm one of those people. Now, let me tell you what ukulele is, Okay. You, did you ever play Banjo Kazooie yourself? Or I guess you're aware yes, of what yeah. Banjo Kazooie is. I played the first one. I didn't finish it, but I played it. Yeah. It is stylistically exactly the same. It's it's a third Banjo Kazooie game in how it's presented. It has the same ab dab dee dab 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 voices in it. Um, yeah, those are great. It's 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 Banjo Kazooie with better graphics. Better camera control because you have a stick now instead of the C buttons on the N64, and um, obviously there's not a bear and a bird anymore. It's a chameleon and a bat. But it's it's a third banjo game. That's exactly what it is. It's it's the exact same presentation as those old games, but you know upgraded for 2017, so everything has a nice shine to it. Soundtrack is great. I'm humming it while I'm playing it. Um, the levels are real big at least the levels that I've played so far very big uh, typical banjo kind of set up with the, the different puzzles you have to solve to get not the puzzle pieces anymore the jiggies but instead they're pages so it's just a, a page ripped out of a book um, so I'm really enjoying it one thing that I uh, heard before I started playing it was that one of the main problems people had with the game was that the, the camera was particularly bad. So before I even started playing it from the start menu, I went to the options screen and the default camera setting is, I'm, I'm not sure how this would work exactly. Cause like I said, I never used it. The default camera setting is that it will automatically, like you can still control the camera, but it will automatically move back based on the path you're following. Um, so I turned that off. I just have completely manual camera control. Um, and I also turned the sensitivity setting of the camera up a little bit just to make, you know, I wanted, I want the camera essentially to be exactly how I set it by using the stick. Um, and in whatever, five hours of play now, I've not had any issues with the camera. So I, because I've not used the default settings, I don't get kind of the the complaint that people have been making that the camera was really bad. Um, so, like, where I am now, 
I'm I'm thinking eight out of ten, something like that. Um, there are some things in it which I'm not super positive about. Like I like I said a minute ago, the voices that are still. I know why they did that on the N64 because they couldn't do dialogue because the cartridges couldn't hold a lot of memory. Um, yeah, it's it's 2017 now, and it's really annoying those voices <laughs> hearing them in a modern game. So I'm constantly just skipping the text, and in fact, I know that I can from the start menu that I can turn those off completely, which I will do next time I I turn the game on. Um. I would prefer it if it had voice acting because obviously one game that I really, really, really enjoyed last year was Ratchet and Clank, um, which has really, really good voice acting in it. And I feel like Ukulele kind of lacks that, which is one of the the bigger issues for me with the game is just that. But I I feel like one thing, though, is a lot of the people I know who really liked Ukulele were just... There seemed to be a bit of a divide of the people who liked it loved it because they just wanted, as you said, a third a new banjo game exactly. And for for better or worse, they wanted that exact game. And a lot of people, including a lot of the critics who didn't like it, were just like, "Okay, I have no desire to play another one of these." Fifteen years later, and I, as weird as it is, I think the voices. I think some diehards would hate it if they didn't have those stupid voices. Um, they would hate proper VO in these games. I would nearly prefer if it was maybe like. Early on, as a little in joke or a nod, that bah, 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 and then another character is like, "Why are you, why are you talking like that?" <laughs> you know, like as a reference, as opposed to it being constant throughout the game. Because what you have is you have cutscenes where you can't skip the the text, and characters are just doing that voice for like two or three minutes. Um, now, I understand your point is that people who, like me, wanted a new Banjo game, you want, obviously, the whole package, including that. And it does have its own charm, but I think you can compromise with certain things. Like, the graphics don't look like an N64 game. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly a third Banjo game. You can update some aspects of it. It still controls and plays like a Banjo game in a good way. But I feel like the voice acting is something that I didn't need carried over from the N64 era. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, one other criticism I've heard is that one of the later levels, uh, the casino level, is it has really poor level design and is just boring. Uh, so obviously I haven't got that far yet. The levels that I've played have been typical banjo style. Uh, obviously, but blown up really big. And I've had a lot of fun Exploring them, trying to collect all of the you know the different um, quills and everything in the game. So, I think I'm. I have I already have eighteen, nineteen percent of trophies in the game. So I, I probably will try and platinum in the end. Um, but I'm enjoying it a lot so far, particularly because I I expected it to not be great, and I I was kind of pleasantly surprised by how little problem I had with it. Um, so that's good. For, good Good news there. Uh, obviously, Horizon, to give you a little update on Horizon, um, I'm about five, six hours into that. Um, I just got past the point where where I'm in it now. I'm, obviously, no spoilers or anything. I, I don't know how, how far, I'm not far enough in, for, I, I would guess, for anything to be considered spoilers. I am now with the tribe. I did the proving. Um, okay. Really enjoyed that whole 
swerve there at the, <laughs> at the end of the proving. Um, yeah, re- really enjoying it. Um, there are some some little niggles with it, similar to what I said. I think I might have mentioned last week is that coming off the back of playing Uncharted, some of the secondary characters. Uh, cutscene animations are not particularly good. They're a little dead in the eyes and a little bit flappy mouth. Um, yeah. And coming off just playing with Charlie the Lost Legacy, where the cutscenes are like maybe some of the best I've ever seen, that's obviously a step down. Um, and I said to you last week the that the exploration, or did I even say it to you? I don't know if I, I don't remember what I said last week because I've been talking to loads of different people about Horizon this week. But one thing yeah. I one thing I don't like about it is that the map tells you right away what is where oh yeah you, yeah you made mention of that yeah yeah the, the, I, I still feel like that's a problem i have with the game um is is that unlike zelda and obviously not to compare with zelda all the time if i'm looking at my map and i have uh, a herd of this here uh, a campfire over here uh, exclamation point here you know that's great but i'm not going to the places where there aren't you know, like if there's a little area where there's no icon on my map, I'm not going to that place. Whereas in Zelda, where where you have on your map a, a blank area of space, you go, oh, I haven't explored that place yet. I'll go and see what is there. Um, so I feel like in that aspect, Horizon doesn't doesn't really encourage you to explore <laughs> in the same way as, as other games do. Um, but the combat is super satisfying. The story has me kind of hooked. So... Uh, Definitely, definitely enjoying it. Took a little, a little segue with with ukulele, but Horizon will definitely continue to be the main game, and then I'll dip my toe into ukulele here and there. Um, and then once I finish Horizon, in two months' time, I also have uh, Mario plus Rabbits ready to go. So I'm waiting to waiting to play that. Very good. Yeah, there's a million things out. I I don't have that Mario Rabbits thing yet, although it's it's on my radar. Uh, I'm not sure. Like I've got so much stuff coming up in the next few weeks. I'm not sure when I'll have. Um, uh, and we also have, we also have Odyssey over the the hill there as well. Oh God, yeah. I book I booked a day off work to play that, and I don't even know if I'll have the cash to afford it. Anyway, um, yeah, I I, pl- I picked Zelda up for the first time in like two weeks today. Mm. Uh, not today, this week rather. Um, yeah, it's still good. I um, fought my first divine beast, mm. um, the one that causes all the rain. Yeah, so the, the the elephant. The, the the manta ray people are upset because it's <laughs> raining. The Zora. Um, I thought that fight was stupid and not a lot of fun. Ooh, well, um, you mean the. The dungeon or the boss at the end of it? Uh, well, maybe I'm... I, I'm talking about the uh, the weird kind of fight with the electric arrows just to get in. Oh, okay. Thing. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I have not actually finished the, the inside of it, so, okay, so I'm, okay. I'm perhaps speaking prematurely. But the, um, the, the opening bit where you're swimming around super fast and you're swatting away ice blocks, I was like, oh, this is the least fun thing ever. Um, I think that's the only one of them that has that, though. Yeah, well, I would hope so. I mean, because it, it's it, it felt like this isn't 
in keeping with what I like and what people say is good good about this game. Because before before that, to get the uh, the shock arrows, obviously you fight the centaur thing, um, which that took me forever to beat. But I was actually I was into oh, that. The line was... Well, the thing is, Barry, uh, I think I did the same as you. Uh, you actually don't have to beat the centaur thing. You just have to get the arrows, then you can run away. <laughs> I think I did the same oh, with you. Yeah. I fought it for like I, I, 10 hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I I fought it endlessly. And then I realized, yeah, you can... Yeah, because I realized after the fact, it's like, oh, because there's not like a cutscene where you pull it off its corpse. It's just like you find them on a rock near where <laughs> yeah. you got, near where you find him. And I'm like, oh, I could have just done this. But um, yeah, I fought... But, I, but again, I, I really liked the... Um, uh, uh, the 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 you know the trial and error of the um of the uh, of that fight. I thought it was pretty cool. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm into that. I'm still tipping away at Zelda. I'm, I'm still just not really feeling super compelled by it. Um, uh, but I I am gonna uh, keep tipping away at it. Um, uh, you know, I've I've. Uh, you know, in in the time I played, I did that fight. I did the the, the first part of that dungeon. I I climbed some more towers. Uh, you know, I did all that jazz. So I'm tipping away at that. Played some more Splatoon. Splatoon's really great. I am getting into it. Splatoon is really my kind of go-to podcast or YouTube game now. If I wanted to stick something on in the background, I'll uh, I'll, I'll play Splatoon while I'm doing it. It's really really fun, and it's so easy to just pick up and put down with three-minute rounds. I mean, you could put as long into it as you like. So that's good. Uh, and I started uh, near Automata, which is the big platinum release for this year. Um, it's very weird. You play as uh, the story is that basically robot aliens invaded and almost wiped out humanity. And what was left of humanity fled to the moon. And they generated an, an army of uh, special agent androids who now fight the robots on their behalf, and you play as one of the androids. Uh, it's very, very weird. Uh, I'm only about two and a half hours in, and there's already a lot of very trippy, kind of Metal Gear Solid-style weirdness going on. And, and I can already tell they're going in a, in a kind of Westworldy direction about pondering the nature of AI and all this other stuff. So some interesting stuff going on, but I'm, I'm kind of surprised at how boring the combat is. It's... I, I've been playing for three hours and all I've done is like just walk up to a, a bunch of enemies and just hammer a square and triangle without any without any actual thought going into it. Um, it's like kind of like the polar, the polar opposite of Zelda where, you know, all Link really can do is just, you know, swing his various weapons. It's about kind of the timing and the dodging and the, and the equipping yourself well and preparing potions ahead of time. This one, it's like... All the animation is gorgeous. I mean, it's a platinum game. The characters look amazing. You can you've got all these weapon choices. You can you can uh, you have two weapon slots, and you can put uh, any any of your weapons in any of the slots, and your combos change up depending on what you're using. It all looks great, but it's so easy. And I'm I'm usually dreadful at these games. You know, Devil May Cry or Metal Gear Revengeance. I'm awful at these games. I've rarely finished them because I'm I'm so bad at them, and I'm just breezing through this. I mean, the, there's really the enemy AI is really kind of just unsophisticated. Just dodge once in a blue moon, and I'm getting through very very easily. So I'm I'm very interested in the weird story, but it's like it, uh, even just at the three hour mark, the, the combat feels like a bit of a a boring slog just to kind of get through. So that's that's kind of surprising. But um, it's it seems cool, and the soundtrack is amazing. So so I'm I'm digging it. But uh, I'll report back on that. 
uh, later. It, it, it's one thing that people have said about it is that it has multiple endings. If you beat the game once, you unlock kind of a, a second playthrough as a different character. And it also, I think it has like 20 odd endings in total, including one of them. Uh, you can sell uh, parts of your, your Android character for money, including elements of the HUD. Like you can sell a, a chip that displays your health. So for, in exchange for money, you can just have no health bar. And one of the things you can do to get an ending is you can sell your characters, basically their heart, to just end the game uh, there and you get an ending. So it's got lots of, it's got lots of very weird meta shit like that going on. So it's, it's certainly a, a unique game. Uh, I'll keep tipping away at that. And I'm hoping by next week I might have more feel on it. Um, that's it, really. That's all I can I can think of. Um, you know, uh, I want I want to kind of finish near, and I want to make some real progress in Zelda before I start anything else. So yeah, um, that's all the games for me this week. I think. Oh, what a what a load of games this week! Games, and there's only there's only more to come. You know. Would you believe that I I have some N sixty four games? That I've never played, and I don't. I believe it. I don't mean I picked them up when I was a, uh, a kid. I, I, when when eBay was like a new enough thing. I'm talking like maybe 2005, 2006. I picked up a couple of N64 games, like real cheap, like a fiver, four euro or something. I got Blast Core, uh, which I've never played, and Perfect Dark, which I've never played. So now that my N64 is is back up and running, I might give them a crack finally. Although Perfect Dark, like I say, I'm maybe not sure about. <laughs> but nice to have them on the same. Uh, you want to talk about some telly then before we go into the wrestling? Ooh, telly! Yes. What have you guys been watching? Um, I started a couple of new Netflix series today. Uh, so Narcos, which I'd never quite been tempted to watch before. Um not sure why, just, I think I started it once and just didn't really get into it, but I started it again today, watched a few episodes, and it's, it's pretty good. Um, so I shall carry on with that. I, I like the whole kind of drug thing and the Pablo Escobar thing. It's all very interesting. Oh, you like the drug thing, do you? Oh, oh hello, caught me. Um, <laughs> judge, take him away. That's right, I'm telling the judge uh, to take him away. Uh, hang on. You're telling the judge? Yeah, hang. judge, get off your ass. You'll do you're, something you're, you're the, you're like the judge's boss. Hmm. Bailiff, who do you think you are telling me to do that? <laughs> I'm the judge. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, anyway, this Make is the away, um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's a good show. Got a bit of drugs, a bit of violence, a bit of sexy times. Lots of moustaches. So uh, what, where can you go wrong, really? Um, so I'll carry on watching that. Um, I also just started, before we came on... Um, new kind of real crime documentary series they've got on Netflix called actually I can't remember what it's called but uh, it's about false confessions uh, and kind of what actually happened in the crime so it's really interesting because obviously that you get tons of false confessions um, in, in involving crimes thinking back to making a murderer there was that whole episode that focused on um the kid kind of having that confession drawn out of him and and being led by the police into into saying he was involved or he knew things that he didn't know and that kind of thing. Um, so this is kind of along the same lines as that. So I think it's going to be like a different crime in each episode uh, and looks at how what the police did and, and what actually happened. So it's, it's really good so far. Um, I'd, I'd recommend that. Mm. 
Yeah, so two two good Netflix series. Did you guys hear they are going to do a show about Madeline McCann on the network? On the network, fucking <laughs> WWE Network presents <laughs> the Maddie McCann Classic. Oh god! No, Netflix. Pardon me. Are doing a, I think a, a making a murderer style thing about uh, Maddie. People people seemed annoyed about it because I think I I think her parents are involved in it. Like mm. it's not. Which, which I, I, but I, I have, li- I literally just saw people talking about. It. I have not, I've not read any of the deets, but uh, I'd be interested in watching that. Released. The name I on know. the missing person contract does say McMahon, but it says Madeline McMahon. <laughs> uh, what tell you you've been watching, Paul? Uh, well, like yourself, Barry, I've finally caught up with Game of Thrones. Watched the entire season seven, so uh, yeah, I, th- I I thought it was it was probably the best season since maybe season one, um, certainly season one or two. Um, I think shortening the 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 amount of episodes, of course, it kind of ramped the pace up to to a point where it was nearly too fast. But I like that it kind of spent less time just having like arbitrary conversations in gardens between characters and kind of more more time on on progressing the plot and like in season seven from the start to the end of the season i feel like more has happened than in any of the previous seasons um so it's nice to feel like we're we're actually coming towards a climax instead of just you know looking back on what the last six seasons actually represent now is just a meandering of of different houses battling for ultimately for nothing <laughs> you know as, as it's going to turn out um which of course you know it doesn't mean the old seasons are bad but ultimately it kind of renders them a little bit pointless um so yeah i really really liked especially the the sixth episode and and to an extent the seventh although i think the sixth was probably the strongest of the season even if when you take a step back and think about it in terms of the logic of the show it was maybe a little bit flawed, but in execution was very exciting and definitely the uh the the I'll just say the dragon stuff was was super super shocking and super good um so i i was I was happy to kind of to to enjoy Game of Thrones again in a way that I haven't in in a long long time um to the point where one of during the week because i I watched from episode three to episode seven in the course of the last week so i think one of the nights whether it was episode three and four or four and five i just watched back to back which i wouldn't have done <laughs> you know since maybe season one so that kind of gives you an idea of how addicting the show was yeah it's um it, it was a great season i think i think i as you mentioned like the second class episode in particular there was some real some real silliness um, uh, going on um, that was a bit annoying, but it's not like I think the, the show was like irredeemable because of it. But yeah, overall, I thought season seven was tremendous. So much happening. Uh, you, know, you can tell we're really getting to the business end of things, uh, which is great. Um, lots of revelations and all this other stuff and some great teases for the next season. Like I think the next season really is just going to be like that last season of Breaking Bad where it's just going to be nonstop, just craziness. Um, but yeah. 
uh, really great stuff. And I liked the uh, the longer episodes at the end of the season. I feel like they were justified. I didn't feel like you know anything was overly long or 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 you know outdated. It's welcome. I know some Netflix shows, Orange is the New Black, they take advantage of the fact that oh you know we're an internet show, we can do what we want, and they've had like. A, you know, eighty-minute finales, and they're, they never feel worth it. They always feel like they've just done it for the sake of doing it. Whereas this, I feel like the ad, the added, you know, ten or fifteen minutes onto these episodes were perfectly fine and well justified. Um, yeah, and 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 like yourself, we we watched like the last five episodes just this week, just breeze through them. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, now, now begins the long wait, isn't it? The long night begins, and so there's going to be well, as of now. Only six more episodes. Yep. Although apparently they're all going to be feature length, like yeah, eighteen like minutes or something, at least. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to those. That's quite a while off, though. Yeah, we well, we don't we don't have a date um, officially. Could even be 2019, possibly. Yeah. Ooh. Well, we had a big wait between season six and seven as well. Ooh, I know. Well, that makes it worse. Then we've got another one. Yeah. God, guys, come on. And then after that, you'll have an even longer wait. Of Infinity <laughs> until the next episode. Ah, no, but they're doing a spin-off. Oh, the spin-off, excuse me. That's going to start straight away, apparently. Oh, no desire to watch that. Be, be, it, be. <laughs> it might be really good. It might be, but just fucking end something for once. Just have a have a proper um, die. Excuse me, my friend. I bought about a little show in 1994 called <laughs> Asia. Baby, I hear the dragons calling. <laughs> you know one thing I have to say though that I really dislike about Game of Thrones. Sorry to turn. Um, uh, is it the boobs? <laughs> no, they're great. More of those, please. Oh. Uh, is it the fact that um, you have to hear people talk about what what lines up with the book? No. Um, there was one episode where it opened with Bronn and Jamie looking out on the, uh, not the Dothraki, what's the other ones? That? Um, Unsullied. The Unsullied, that's the one. And they have, uh, like a, a two minute conversation about Cox. And the Bronn goes, mm, these boys have no Cox. And Jamie goes, well, you're always talking about a cock. Oh, well, the best things in life is cocks, isn't it? And cock this <laughs> and cock that. And I'm like, how were the people writing this show not just rolling their eyes and going, lads, this is a load of shite. <laughs> this is nonsense. Because like, that's the one thing where, of, of all the, uh, as good as Game of Thrones can be, if I was watching that with someone, like, let's say, you know, the old wrestling thing of, oh, you're watching wrestling and someone walks in. If someone walked yeah. in on, on Braun and Jamie going, Mm, well, I, I've got a big old cock. They'd be like, what the f- What are you watching? And I'm like... Because mm. <laughs> you know, you guys both saw that episode, right? Was that, yeah, was that not it. awful? No, is that right? No, uh, it's so... And they do that all the time. Rod was, like, was like... No, he was like, what's the point in anything if you haven't got a cock to enjoy being victorious? <laughs> Good point. I I know I thought that was I think Bron's a great character and I think that's the kind of thing that makes him a great character. Yeah, Bron and Jamie banter. Good. No, no. Yeah, Bans, banter's all right, but no, but it's 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 not it's what it really is is just cock talk. 
<laughs> the only the only person who was missing from the Expendables team they sent beyond the wall in the second last episode was Bron. That yes. would have been best because all all the best characters were there beyond the wall having a laugh. And if Bron was there, it would have been great. Make that a spin-off series. Just expand on that. Make it ten episodes of them just the lads <laughs> going on an adventure. Um, that is that, a good concept for a series. Actually, that would be uh, that would be great. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be mad to think that. Uh, also, you'd imagine based on rumors that the the final book may be done or near done. That like in two years' time, the whole the whole thing may be. May be no, there, isn't there one more book after that? Yeah, there's two books left. Yeah, what? I thought yeah. I. No, I thought... no, no, no. He's still got a whole other one to do after. This. But is he, this one's taken him a decade. No, I, I, I think he's doing doing the last two at the simultaneously. I think, and I don't know what the delay on the the second to last one coming out is, but that he's still kind of working on it while working on the other one. I might be wrong on that, but that's kind of my understanding of it. Um, six six. I I also just to very quickly segue off Game of Thrones. I also started watching Death Note. I talked about the movie Death Note uh, a week or two ago. Oh, you're going back to the original, are you? I started watching the series, and I was talking to my boss at work, who's a huge Game of Thrones fan, about Death Note, about the concept of it, and so on. That you know, you get this book and you write, write someone's name in it, and you write how they die, and then they die. And he said, "Well, if you, if you could have three people." whose names you could write in a death note, whose names would you write? And I was like, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, Meryl Streep, I said as well, so I wouldn't have to watch her shite Oscar movies every year. <laughs> what a reason she, to kill a person. She's, she's had 21, it's alright. She's had wow. a good, good old life. And then number three, I just purely to piss off a lot of people, I said, George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> so those books never come out. Brilliant! Oh, so all the, all the book wankers who are like, "Well, the books," the, 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 then they never get the books. <laughs> Tremendous! I mean, I know there is a section of fans who are worried he's just going to drop dead before he finishes this fucking story. <laughs> he might. He's because he's, he's old. He's sixty-eight, so it takes him another six years to get the final one out. Then, yeah, it's a race against time. Um, Death Note, on the other hand, is really good. Unlike the movie, which was not, which is really bad. It's done in a, a lot more like clever way, and it's a lot more serious than the movie. And the, the movie also is like ultra violent, just for the sake of it. And also is like you know, it's it's a hard R-rated movie where it's oh fuck this, fuck that, blood everywhere. You know, the, the series is is way more subtle about it and way more clever about how it does it. It's not a stupid movie. Like like the movie turned out to be, unfortunately. So I'm like six episodes in. Each episode is only twenty minutes, so it's you can get through it very quickly. And it's only thirty seven episodes total. So I got the Blu-ray set delivered last week, and uh, and we started watching it. It's super good. Um, so very happy about that. Yeah. So if anybody does watch the movie, having not like me, having not seen the series or read the the magnets, um. <laughs> I would recommend checking out the series if you have any tolerance at all for uh, Japanese with subtitles. Don't do the dubbed. Don't do the dubbed. Dubbed the bad. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's very good so far. 
Okay. What about you, Joe? Anything else? Oh, no, Joe, you've, you've gone already. You did, you know. Yeah, uh, TV for me. Um, yes. Yeah. I think I think me and Kira, now that, now that we are done with the Game of Thrones, I think we said we would start Narcos next. So, um, uh, so maybe I'll, I'll join in on the old uh, the old uh, Narcos chat next week. Uh, yeah, so lots of, lots of good telly, lots of good movies, lots of good video games. It's all good. <laughs> and now for the worst bit. <laughs> the wrestling. That's right, life golf. Oh no, wrestling. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, how much, or if any, of the Mae Young Classic have you lads watched? I've seen the first five episodes. Oh wow, you're further ahead than me. Paul, you hadn't watched any the last time we spoke. Have you seen any now? Nope. What? Too busy playing you... F-Zero. And... Can't you just like pop it on and next to it like I do? Yeah, but I don't want to watch it, so... No, but you won't. Oh, disrespecting women. Disrespecting women there. Oh, having a go and eat at the lovely ladies. No. Oh, I love ladies. ladies I love ladies. My mum is one, so... Uh, she a wrestler. <laughs> she, she's Nia Jax. <laughs> oh, you look just like her. That's very disrespectful. <laughs> it's a Nia I don't know who. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Disrespectful to who? <laughs> well, I'll leave that up to you to decide. No, th- ah! So the fact that you don't look like her, Nia Jax is a beautiful woman. Yeah. Well, what are you saying, mate? That I'm are, you being, are you saying I'm disrespecting her by implying she looks like you? I think you might be disrespecting the both of us, to be honest. I not. I, I would love to be compared to Nia Jax if someone did. She's a fucking beautiful lady. Model. If I'm not a beautiful lady, and I don't have aspirations to be one. You, you might even, you might even say that's the joke. Mm. What in an Austrian accent? Uh, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it Swedish? There we go. I close that special. <laughs> Jürgen <laughs> Jürgen, these appear to be Jürgen. Oh, we all love Rainier Wolfcastle, the Swede. <laughs> um, yeah, so we should do a quick, quick interim thoughts. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm so far behind. I was hoping to get the whole thing watched yeah. before Tuesday. I might try and just. Sco- it's Tuesday night. They are doing the finals. Yeah. Um, so I guess we we in this time zone won't really see them until Wednesday. So I, I guess tomorrow and Tuesday evening I could squeeze the last few episodes in. So I've seen one, two, and three. Um, uh, so far, so good. Uh, very Cruiserweight classic in the sense that there's been like one good match per episode. Um, and the other matches have just kind of been there. And, you know, some of them have been bad, but some of them have been average and some of them have been average but like one person came off like a star so it's fine um i liked the piper nevin uh santana garrett match quite a lot i think they both came off great and i've i've seen santana garrett for years on nxt and in uh you know women's indies and i've never really understood i've never really liked her um i think this is great um the abby lath uh, alpha female match was really great um uh, yeah, the only actually now that I think about it, the only really bad match, the only real real bad match I think was um, Marty Bell and Rachel Ellering, mm. um, which was bad. And then on episode three, Tony Storm's match was like not very good. Um, although I think her her opponent came off dreadfully. Um, I can't actually remember her name, but she was. Um, Are you sure, Raymond? 
Yeah, she came off as just amateur hour. Uh, I was kind of surprised by Kali's student, the great Kali's student, um, Kavita Day. Is it? I can't. I'm, yeah. I'm not up on all the names still, um, but she uh, she seemed all right. She seemed obviously very green, but she seemed all right. Um, so yeah, you know, there's, there's some interesting, an interesting spread of talent. Um, yeah, I, I would say positives are. Uh, same as the CWC, I kind of felt that they all came across with their own sort of unique character, or, or not all of them, but the majority of them came across with, um, you know, good character, and the interviews kind of helped. Um, so it was good in that sense. Um, no real, really bad matches, but I kind of felt like on the negative side, everything was between kind of you know, one and a half to three stars. Like, there was no one match that was, you know, like a real, real high-quality match. Mm. Um, I'd say of the first round, I liked, uh, as you said, Santana Garrett versus Piper Niven was very good. Uh, the Candice LeRae match was pretty good. And then in the final episode, uh, fuck, was it? Oh, Tessa Blanchard versus Kyrie Sane was mm. uh, really good as well. Um, I'm also... Uh, now a massive Kyrie Sane fan. She's my favorite wrestler, and Ooh. the uh, Chairshot Twitter account is now a Kyrie Sane uh, fan account. Uh, oh, so okay. Check that out. That's, that's <laughs> what, what was that stereotypical Japanese oh noise? That is not what that was. That was that, a, was, that was just, that was just me being excited. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Kyrie uh, uh, Zane. I haven't seen her match yet, but I mean the hype is very, very real. People seem very excited. Oh, uh, not only is she an Earth Angel, but she's also has the most amazing gimmick ever. I, I can't even I don't even know how to subscribe how to <laughs> describe it. It's she, well, she has like a ship's wheel, and she's some kind of sailor. It's mad. It's brilliant, and the music is amazing. She's just oh. Right, some of, some of, some of the some of the music has been great. Dakota Kai has great yeah. music. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the it's like weird like eight bit or sixteen bit like music remixed. It's very very odd. I'm not sure what they're going for, but it's cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to next week. I'll try and get caught up and we'll watch the live final. Um, and we will uh, we'll report in. Actually, the the other person whose match I have seen. And I thought she she uh, came off great with Shayna Baszler. Um, I'd seen bits of her on the indies, but I, I mean I don't watch many women's indies, so it was kind of like you know seeing her in, in AIW and some other places. Really great, uh, a total natural. Uh, the, the most interesting thing of the hypothetical Ronda Rousey involvement in WWE going forward mm-hmm. is not whatever one match she does or one angle. It's that hopefully they can parlay it into a uh, a star making direction for Baszler because uh, I think she's a ton of potential. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely stood out, and she's got something there. I worry. I I don't want them to lean too much into the Ronda connection though, because it's you know it, no. nothing makes someone someone look like less of a star than than the gimmick of their <laughs> friends. More famous mate. Yeah, their friend is a big star. Yeah, you know um, that that shit. So um, <laughs> it's the Mojo Rawley effect. Oh um, God, yeah. And I didn't even know who his friend was. No. Um, the other negative for this was. Um, JR calling everyone very athletic. That seemed to yeah. be his description. <laughs> full description for every woman. Very athletic. Naturally athletic. Uh, and his talking point that, hey, if you lose, 
you go home. Yeah, and it's a long way. It's a long way, honey. It's a long way back to uh, uh, Florida for Bianca Belair. Um, yeah, just and because yeah, for the um, the Tony Storm match, she's from Australia. She was facing an English girl, and mm. she was like, uh, and and Jr. goes long way home for both these ladies uh, <laughs> eventually. And I say, well, are you implying that that, that, that neither of them are going to be in the final, or that even if one of them wins, they have a long way to go home? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's no. He's he, him and Lita are bad. They're not as terrible as you might have expected, but they're definitely not good. No, not and also, there's a really jarring. Uh, here's stuff that was obviously taped live, and here's uh, WWE 2K style, uh, <laughs> obviously canned, you know, not realistic at all delivery of some lines. Like, there's obviously a lot of. Uh, um, re-recorded stuff in there so yeah, yeah. so uh, we'll, we'll we'll report back in a in a few days with uh, a rundown on the final uh except paul won't because he's a sexist um so uh what other wrestling was there we're talking about i don't think i've seen an effing thing i'm not a sexist by the way he <laughs> <laughs> watched the cruiserweight match you don't have a problem with little people Skinny lads, <laughs> skinny lads. Yeah, weird that, that I will watch twinks, but not women. Hmm. <laughs> twinks, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, to, um, what do you else review? Yeah, we'll finish on the news. So, Paul, do you want to do your? Usual reviews. My usual reviews. Yeah, of course. Uh, I did watch a little bit of Russell Pops, by the way, in the OTT on demand. Just uh, checking out a few of my favorite bits from the show. Uh, watching Curtis Murray smash his head again. Oh yeah, I so I also watched it for because I you know was reviewing it. Oh my god, that that looked horrible. And it's funny because I actually enjoyed that main event immensely more on the video on demand, knowing that he was fine and all this other stuff. I thought they actually did a lot of fun stuff, you know, great athletic flippy do match. I thought it was a lot of fun, but Oh my God, it was actually looked worse on the video on demand him whacking his head. And yeah, you were, you were right. It was almost like, you know, his, the lower half of his body hit the crowd, but then the, the top half of him was effectively like power bombed against the apron and oh, it was nasty. Very, very nasty. Um, it was nice seeing myself on most of the show as well. Especially the spot where they did... Um, Eddie Dennis gave the little border toss out of the, the stage. We were right beside that. You know, the little Paul Griffin there on the on the video. That was Ex- nice. Extra star rating from Paul whenever he sees himself. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. Of course, watch the usual uh, two shows of the week. Smackdown and Lucha Underground. Which is apparently on his last legs, by the way. Um, since inception <laughs> but even more so now it's got one leg left and the leg is wobbling um, word word is out that Lucha Underground will not be coming back for season 4 is what, what my sources are telling me and my, <laughs> my sources Google <laughs> um, so Smackdown was actually quite good this week um, there was a, a show long storyline which were uh, involved Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, where Shane McMahon came out uh, to confront Kevin Owens after he had interrupted the start of the show. Um, he forgot his lines and stood there for what seemed like an hour, not saying anything. 
This is Shane McMahon, mm-hmm. by the way, who, you know, <laughs> since he's returned, has a little bit of a reputation now for messing up the promos here and there. Um, uh, what, it, what it eventually got to was Kevin Owens made some reference of, uh, or to Shane McMahon's kids, uh, saying that he, he they would have been better off if he had died in that helicopter crash a few weeks ago. Um, Shane ended up attacking Kevin Owens threw him over the announce table beating him up and all the officials came out Shane uh, Danny Bryan came out had to stop and calm down Uh, and then Kevin Owens backstage was being helped by officials and bumped into Danny Bryan and said that he was going to sue the whole McMahon family and that he Smackdown was going to be the Kevin Owens show literally Um, later on in the show uh, Shane McMahon tried to get, uh, or excuse me, Danny Bryan tried to get Shane McMahon to apologize, tried to get it all sorted out, uh, and got a phone call from a mystery person who said that they would, they would be there next week to sort this out, and that person turned out to be Vince McMahon. So Vince McMahon will be on next week's SmackDown to sort out the whole Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens fiasco. Shane McMahon in the interim is indefinitely suspended, and it was very funny because Danny Bryan came out to open up the second hour of the show uh, and he was very solemn and he brought out Shane McMahon and he, he, he almost verged uh, or veered into doing a kind of Triple H uh, I'm sorry pops uh, deal where tears in his eyes he said Shane I'm very sorry to be the one to tell you this but you are indefinitely suspended <laughs> it was such a little <laughs> because they played it like he's going to be fired and then it was oh you're suspended like that's a deal um well maybe maybe they think they've gone to the fired well too often in the last few years which they have you know regardless Vince McMahon will be on next week's Smackdown where I would assume he's going to make a match between Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens for Hell to Cell potentially yeah. A hell in the cell match. I hope. I hope he does. He makes it an elimination chamber. Just two lads in the elimination chamber, <laughs> and they're both locked in the pods until twenty minutes goes by, <laughs> until they're randomly selected by the light above the the cage. Mm. Oh God, Kevin Owens is out, and he just stands in the ring, lies down for five minutes. Um, elsewhere in the show. Dolph Ziggler finally had his big debut where he came out and did John Cena's entrance, did Naomi's entrance, uh, did a very, very typical Dolph Ziggler promo about how nobody understands how good he is. Uh, and then he went away. So that was an utter waste of time. Um, what else happened in the show? Uh, main event was Shinsuke Nakamura against Randy Orton for the first time. Um which was a number one contenders match for a match at Hell in the Cell. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura got the clean win. Uh, so he's going to face Jinder Hall at Hell in the Cell. Hopefully not in a Hell in the Cell match. In fact, the way the storylines are kind of leading does seem to be that, that the Shane McMahon-Owens match will be the Hell in the Cell match. Um there's, there's very little reason at all for Nakamura and Jinder Mahal to end up being a Hell in a Cell, other than that is the name of the show, therefore it's a Hell in a Cell match. Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens definitely has a, a lot more of a, a blood feud feeling to it. 
Uh, they also set up during the show at various points three title matches for next week's SmackDown because No Mercy is coming up. I'm not sure when exactly it is, but um, No Mercy, No Mercy is hmm. next weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's soon. I think it may be this coming weekend. Yeah. So since that's a Raw pay per view, they're doing their their big SmackDown show. You have. Uh, US title on the line, AJ Styles, Ty Dillinger. You have tag team titles on the line, Usos, New Day in a street fight. That's going to be a hell of a match. And you have the women's title on the line, which is Natalia against Naomi, I'm hoping. Is it? I forget. Whoa. Um, Let me just check to make sure that's correct. Uh, yeah, it is Naomi. Okay. Uh, Naomi only appeared on the show for like five seconds standing beside a, a, a monitor pretending to watch it. So that's why I didn't really remember what the match was. But um, uh, the, the Shane Man Kevin Owens stuff was all good. Uh, the rest of the show was more or less forgettable. As you see when I forgot what the match was. Um... And Lucha Underground was also kind of a, a filler episode, which was last week's episode, not this week's episode, because I'm one behind. So this was the episode with uh, Son of Madness against Son of Havoc in a, in a biker brawl match, um, which was quite a good match. But uh, this was the episode after the, fi- the final of the Cueto Cup and the big Johnny Mundo Rey Mysterio title match. So it kind of definitely felt like a, a show where nothing was really happening. Um, so that's the wrestling that I watched this week. Nice. I, I, yeah. I, I did want to watch, but never got around to doing it. Uh, the big show, Braun Strowman cage match from Raw. Uh, yeah, I also did because I heard it was great, but I, again, I just didn't make time for it. So maybe, maybe over the next few days, I'll, I'll, I'll get the time to sit down and watch that, but I just didn't have time. So we close up with the news then and then go home. Uh, yeah, uh, let me see what happened here in the news. Uh, Ric Flair hi- fired his, uh, his, um, what was it, like his, uh, his social media people, basically, his booking people. What does that mean for um, you personally, Barry? I, I don't know. The, the, the future of, of my enterprise is very up in the air right now. Uh, so, so it's going to be a case of, of watch this space and, and, uh, and, and hopefully the, the paid content on his, on his Facebook page will continue to roll out and, 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 and life will roll on, but um, just pour pour one out for me if if that doesn't happen. Um, elsewhere, let me see here. Jeff Jarrett um, uh, has uh, taken a leave of absence from GFW. Is the official line uh, the the and that's to deal with personal issues. The unofficial rumored line is that he has been sent home for unprofessional conduct, possibly including you know being uh, not fit to perform at AAA. Let's just say, uh, and the other rumor is that he has just been straight up fired. So that 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 relationship is very apparently very tumultuous currently. He apparently clashed heads with uh, uh, Bob Ryder recently, uh, you know, because the the Carters and the Riders are still <laughs> that wouldn't be good for him because Bob Ryder has a head like a beluga whale. <laughs> Well, I think it was a metaphorical head clash, but I, I okay. could be misreading the, the speculation. Um, Are you saying that JJ, double J, has to go to AA, potentially? Well, I, what I am saying is that he is G, 
Double O. Double N. Double E. God. Um, so, so he is gone in some capacity. We don't know how permanently he is gone. And the uh, the uh, the other rumor was that Anthem is up to their neck in debt now because the, because of course TNA it costs money to produce a television show and they make they make literally no money. Like I was thinking as all this news came out, Anthem is apparently looking to sell because of, they're not making any money. And I was like, genuinely. How and where and when? What revenue do TNA make at all? Is it literally just T-shirt sales? Like, because they don't sell tickets to the TV tapings. They a couple of months ago they tried their first two house shows in like it's been years, but this year they did try a house show, and apparently they were both massive losers because they only got like you know a couple hundred people to show up, so that wasn't worth it. Uh, they have not run any other house shows. They they're doing their pay per views from the Impact Zone. So again, they're not making ticket sales on that. They are obviously not selling. You know, I mean, five years ago when WWE, you know, they were they were doing you know, five thousand people on pay per view. Who the fuck knows what they're doing these days in the era of WWE Network? Um, so they're not making that. I haven't heard any news or developments on the WWE on the UK or uh, uh, India. Uh, television deal front which seems to be that's the only revenue stream i can think of and that's not going to cover you know all their costs um so i was genuinely stumped as to where the fuck did tna make their money obviously as was well documented they're not making money on pop tv um yeah so so anthem is apparently although ed nordhelm has denied this they they are rumored to want to sell uh and uh jeff jarrett if he is gone uh, there is uh, there is speculation that he may still own the GFW letters uh, and the Global Force name. So if he leaves, uh, they'll have to rebrand again and possibly go back to being TNA or just being Impact. I hope they didn't throw away the old belts. Yeah, I hope I hope they didn't throw away like all their old like ring aprons and shit like that. Just think about a storage. They can always and, just uh, put stickers on them. Cover yeah, the ring can. apron and post-it notes. Tipex, you know. <laughs> Why would you uh, rebrand to a fucking name that you don't own? I don't know. Well, I guess they just assumed, oh, well, nothing's going to go wrong. Jeff Jarrett's an upstanding man. You know, business will go smoothly. Yeah. And we'll, he sold he, all that he, gold or whatever. He, he sold us all that gold. We shook his hand, right? We had a handshake agreement. And he said, yeah, absolutely. You can have the letters. And, and that's it. Done deal. It's not like this company to be massively incompetent. So uh, that that situation is ongoing. Obviously, we don't we don't really know what the uh, what the full story is just yet. So um, there's that. Uh, what else we got here? Ronda Rousey, as we mentioned briefly there, yeah, possibly getting involved in WWE. Did a little bit of an angle on was it NXT? Should an angle on? No idea. Or was it just the website? I think it may have. They they did some kind of confrontation with the quote unquote Isn't other four. Later on in the in the NYC. No, no, no. There's something out there that they. I, I think on the network or on WWE.com, oh, okay. there's a, there's a brief video of them of them uh, crossing paths backstage. The four horsewomen and oh, the okay, other yeah. four horsewomen. So, uh, but the four horsewomen will be in attendance for the live May Young Classic final. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so if they are going to do a proper, proper, proper full on angle with them, I imagine it may be there. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, look, there's continued talk of it. Uh, I guess, I I don't know. I guess I I guess Ronda's prospects of going back to MMA are great. I think the bloom is kind of off the rose there. Yeah, surprised me. 
so um big match coming up survivor series Uh, looking here, any other news? I feel like I might be missing something. Uh, this is just breaking today, actually. Some, some indie news for you. Twenty summer twenty eighteen. Progress are going to be running Wembley, the twelve thousand five hundred seat venue. Oh, so not they're Wembley just, Stadium then? Not this. No, they're not going to do ninety two. <laughs> Thousands. Uh, I think I think Paul may need to send the Usos or something if they wanted to sell ninety-two thousand <laughs> tickets for a progress show. Uh, Sorry, yeah, lads. The FA Cup final is cancelled this year. Progress is. Uh, uh, all right, Jim. All right, you're, you're running Wembley Stadium, right? Now that this is gonna be a tough get, so we're gonna send you a little bit of help. The fashion police will be on the progress pre-show. All right, don't thank me now. All right, <laughs> just 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 remember me when you get to the top. Um, yeah, so no, they're doing the, the Wembley Arena, the SSE Wembley, uh, which is, uh, depending on the setup, I mean, depending on the entrance and whatever else they do, that'll probably be about a 10,000, 11,000 uh, seat venue. So massive, massive, massive uh, uh, move for them. Uh, ICW have had a decent amount of success doing, you know, one big show like that a year. Well, it was announced um, for them today that Cassius Ono is going to be wrestling on their their big uh, yeah. big show this year. Yeah, and, and 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 honestly, they they like I said, they I don't think they sell out there. They actually have an SSE as well, and that's also about ten thousand seats. I've been there for NXT, the Glasgow one. It's really cool. Um, you know, they I don't think they sell out, but they do pretty well. You know, they've got Kevin Nash coming this December for them. Uh, yeah, they've got Cassius Ono coming soon. Uh, so that's that's great. You know, I I think there I think it is possible for these companies to do okay once a year with these big shows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we will uh, we will see, and that's next year. So it'll be interesting to watch develop. But um, but yeah. So um, and then last thing is Triple A stripped sexy star of the uh, their title, the Hania the Hania's or whatever it's called, women's title. Yeah, and she's and, she got, and I believe she also teased retirement uh, again. again. Yeah. Because it was it wasn't it just this very calendar year she said she was going to go be a boxer. Yeah. Speaking of that, by the way, it's it, it is exactly one calendar year since CM Punk debuted in the UFC and fight fought Mickey Gall. That was tenth of September, twenty sixteen. A legendary bout. What a birthday gift that was. And oh. still, still talk that he'll do another. <sighs> I can't wait. <laughs> And he's got another year's training under his belt. I assume he's like really good now. Mm. I mean, I'm not doing anything, Dana. If you want to give me a buzz, <laughs> sexy stars available as well. <laughs> <laughs> Although she's got a wicked arm bar, you want to watch out for that. <laughs> hey, that's everything. So we're all done. I think, I think- I think it is. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week with a uh, May Young classic rundown of some variety. I know me and Joe will try and get caught up. 
Uh, and honestly, I mean, I look, I will survive if if I if I missed two episodes before the the final. You know, I don't I don't I don't want to miss the final because of I'm fucking behind on the on the episodes they taped six weeks ago. At the end of the day, those results are out there, so I'll try and get that washable report on that next week. Uh, also, next week we will have uh, Rick and Morty back tonight, so we'll have yeah. a uh, uh, some Rick and Morty chat. Um, no, uh, no Game of week. Thrones though. No Game of Thrones, though. Yeah, only so, one uh, more American Dad for me as well. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll start Narcos. We can have a bit of a Narcos chat, um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we will. Uh, we're very excited to announce. We will uh, figure out if No Mercy is next week, and if it is, we'll talk about it. So <laughs> look, look forward to that. We will pop open Google right away after this broadcast and figure it's, that out. So uh, really, I have it in front of me here. No, 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 that's next week. It's it's for next week. Save it for next week. Save it for next week. Do not do not spoil our feature. Is no mercy next week, which we're going to talk about next week on the show. And if it is, we'll do a lovely little preview. So the fans can look forward to. I'll 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 give a little multiple choice for listeners. Is it a tonight? (laughs) B next week. C the week after. Or D was actually last week and we didn't notice. (laughs) Oh, I'd be so annoyed. I want to see that broad match anyway. Uh... So all that, all the all the usual fun and games. Um, uh, we'll be back next week with those. Um, yeah. So uh, until then, is goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. That's goodbye. It's Joe Towner. Goodbye. <laughs>